Now, as you grow in your life and you start adapting this to more and more people, you're you're getting to real big spiritual highs. Which is the concept of emulating our creator, who is a giver with nothing in return. We don't do anything for God. Somehow along the way, I think some of this religious education that we got somehow makes it seem as if like God needs us to pray or God needs us to eat certain foods or God needs things from us. God doesn't need anything from us. What we do for him is not for us, for him. It's for us. Just like parents don't need. Good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Thursday for those that are here live. For those that are joining at any point, thanks so much for being a part of this. Those that are catching up, appreciate you still catching up. Yesterday, we started to really talk about this concept of giving. In a way in which your giving is unconditional. The traditional sort of way of looking at it is like, you know, the young parent to the young child that doesn't expect anything in return. And what happens is that when we have expectations of things in return, even if the expectation is a reaction, there is a part of our giving that is really at risk. The giving that we have, which is normal. Nothing that I'm saying here is not normal. I'm just trying to take us up a level and to sort of talk through a more advanced concept of giving. And if you can achieve this with just a few people in your lives, that's amazing. If you can achieve this with just a few people. Now, as you grow in your life and you start adapting this to more and more people, you're, you're getting to real big spiritual highs. which is the concept of emulating our creator who is a giver with nothing in return. We don't do anything for God. Somehow along the way, I think some of this religious education that we got somehow makes it seem as if like God needs us to pray or God needs us to eat certain foods or God needs things from us. God doesn't need anything from us. What we do for him is not for us, for him, it's for us. Just like parents don't need the kid to do homework. They don't need the kid to eat healthy. They don't need the kid to shower and brush their teeth. The fact that they're requiring it is for the kid. And just like the kid can't see it, we can't see it. But as we emulate our creator more and more, we not only attached to him, we channel more of the divine energy, which makes us bigger people, which makes us more connected to things, which makes us be able to tap into pleasure that is much more infinite and spiritual than the things we settle for, like taste and touch and smell. We settle 
for pleasure that is base because we can sense it and we always knew how to sense it. But there's a whole world of spiritual pleasure that we don't really tap into except for brief moments in our lives. And when we do, it feels incredible and addicting, but we don't know how to get back there. So we settle back again for comfort and physical pleasures. Now, this concept that we're, we're trying to talk about is this concept of being able to give just to give. Yesterday, someone sent me an email, blew me away. I'm going to maybe I'll read it tomorrow. I think she reached out to her teacher from when she was younger. Just looking at that email, I was like, wow. But you can give somebody else with a few words. This morning, I was in synagogue and a man came to me and he mentioned that um, my wife left his wife a message. His wife was going through something. And he was so touched. I'm thinking to myself, it was a voice message, but it goes a really long way when someone needs to hear words that can comfort them, that can empower them. And when we marry these concepts of giving with the idea, especially for things that are not going to take us an enormous amount of time and effort, especially for things, but we marry these things with when I give to you, I'm not asking in return. What ends up happening is we start to grow past the quid pro quo, the give and take of relationships. And we start to grow into a world of the unconditional giver in relationships. Because most relationships are give and take. Even parental relationships become give and take. When you're there little, it's just give, which is why the love of a parent for the kid that's little in many ways is much more um, free-flowing. Parents don't usually have long gripes about kids when they're two months old, even though physically it's much more challenging. They don't expect it in return so that they're free just to give to the kid. And when you give to the kid, your actual love for the thing goes up. As the kid grows up and there's an expectation for something in return, if the expectation isn't met, the relationship changes. There's an expectation for things. Parent, kids and parents have this issue like crazy. Even though parents are human beings, kids don't really fully process that sometimes. And they have expectations of their parents that can last their whole entire lives. And many of them are unrealistic. And as we bring expectations into relationships, that's when all that stuff begins. Expectations of what I, I want and expect from me giving to you, you should give back to me, is really at the core of all of our issues with other people. Especially because me and you are so different. So what's easy for me may not be easy for you. And what I think is valuable may not be what you can deliver for me. So if I think that I deserve something from my spouse, or I deserve something from my colleagues, or I deserve something from my parent, or my child. And for me, it makes sense that I deserve it because I see the world through my own eyes. And in the way I process the world, and in all my own neuroplasticity, my expectations seem totally normal but you're not me. 
is that normal for you? But I can't see that because I don't know what's in your head. I only know what's in my head. I only have the glasses coming out of my eyes. Like the classic example is like, you know, the wife that like expects her husband to say certain things. And he doesn't like not even say these words. And she's like, he, she expects things of him. Or flipped. The husband goes and does something and expects his wife to, to respond in a certain way. And the expectation is mismatched. Mismatched expectations because they come from my own eyes is the, one of the core reasons why relationships fray. Mismatched communication. Some people say they love the other in words. Other people say it in actions. But when we talk, we don't talk in a way the other person hears. We talk in the way that we talk. I don't say things in the way I'm trying to see how you hear it. I'm saying in the way that I speak it. I saw this, I read this, 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 I think it was a book, I remember, or an article years ago. Such a brilliant insight from this psychologist. It's awesome. Anyone here who is a teacher or a parent or a uncle or an aunt or a grandparent of little kids. This psychologist explained that when you're a little kid, you don't remember that it's a pretty scary world. You're always looking up at people. They're giants in the room. Even if they're two feet taller than you, right? You're always looking up. People that are in charge, you're always taller than you. Especially teachers. It says that when you want to deliver something that is constructive and critical, not when you're sprinkling, you know, gold dust. And not when you're sitting around going, you guys are great. When you want to like deliver a message that could be a little bit challenging for the child to hear. That's what he says. Listen to this. Just get on a knee and go eye to eye. Because when you get on a knee and you go eye to eye, you're, you're trying to connect at the level where they're at. So if you want to say you did the wrong thing and you're from here, it's a different experience. You put yourself in the in the eyes of the person you're speaking to and ask yourself, how do I best communicate based on their language? Which we'll get to, but not for today. Because what I'm getting at here is something even deeper, which is the expectations itself is what gets us thrown. The expectations itself. When we need expectations, when we need the things that we expect coming ourselves, we now can, we make our giving contingent on the expectations. Now, if you're doing a business transaction, I'm not saying you need to be like, I'm giving unconditionally. You meet a guy in the street, I'm not expecting a person to hang out with a stranger. For the people that are in your life, for our loved ones, people that we have an actual relationship with, to the extent in which we have these expectations, we're asking for trouble. 
expectations to me are like plan B. I'm not saying I've reached this level. I don't want anyone to think like, oh my God, he's gotten it. I'm just saying it. I'm working on it like everybody else. But expectations are like plan B. That's when you have to become normal again. Like if you have no choice but to grab, you know, the cereal bar. Like cereal bars are, is not an alternative to breakfast. Like, you know, 200, cal 200 grams of sugar protein bars is not breakfast. The stuff that you get like in the store that have like, you know, a little bit of fruit in it infused with sugar surrounded by carbs is not breakfast. That's plan probably F, but either way, the thing you grab on the way out, the breakfast of champions, when I used to travel more and I used to like hit the Delta lounge lots of times in the wee hours of the morning, like the whole like black coffee and kosher bar for those who don't eat kosher, non-kosher bar, I don't know, whatever everyone, everyone else eats, maybe with a banana, that's not breakfast. That's enough to get you through the day, maybe. Forget cereal. We're not going to get to that. I'm not going to get to cereal yet. And I'm not getting anywhere near things like bagels. Forget that. We'll talk about that another time. I don't know how Danish has got into breakfast either. Can you imagine? Like, that's a great way to start your day. A Danish, sure. A pancake. Not for now. Plan A and breakfast is an actual breakfast. That may take time to make. With real things that's going to give your body the nutrients that it needs to operate at the highest level. If you can't get that, you go to plan B. But let's start with plan A. And if you can do plan A once a week, that's huge. Well, if we can do plan A with one person in our lives, that's huge. So let's stop in plan A. And then if we can't do plan A, we'll go to plan B. Plan B is expectations. I give you, I expect from you. It's okay. It's normal. But let's start with plan A. Plan A is I'm going to give to you and I don't expect anything in return. I don't expect or need you to be blown away by my words. I don't expect or need for you to be thankful in an expressive way. Now, if I'm raising you and I spoil you different, I'm talking about like regularly. If I'm giving you something, I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do. And it's my job in this world to bring light into this world. I'd like a thank you. I'd be happy with a thank you. It'd make my day. I want it, but I don't need it. And wanting and needing are two entirely separate things. I want you to be blown away by my phone call. I want you to be appreciative of my generosity to you. I want you to recognize how hard I'm working for you. I don't need you to. Because if I'm doing something that's right, if I'm doing something that's going to benefit the people around me, if I'm giving, 
I am channeling my divine energy. And that in itself is enough. Because one of the most powerful things we could not do, usually we, the powerful things are things that we could do. One of the most powerful things we could not do in life is count. There's a book that I read years ago. It's called Never Eat Alone. I think the author is named Keith Ferrazzi. It's an interesting book. A lot of cool insights, but the best insight from that book was basically stop counting. You know people that count? They count. Do you remember when you were three years ago, I gave you, I did this and I did this and I did this. I once went to somebody's, uh, it wasn't his wedding. It wasn't a wedding. It was like a, an engagement party. And I kid you not, the father of the groom was counting who came. I once went to pay somebody a shiva call, a shiva call. I want you to like sit down for this one. Shiva call. Man lost his parent. Next to his table was a list of everybody who showed up at his own shiva, sitting shiva for his father. Walked in next to his table was a list. He was writing everybody who showed up to his Shiva house. We count as if like there's some kind of system that we know how it works. As if, if I give, I deserve it back from you at the, at the way that I, I expect it back from you. That's not how life works. God ain't running the world like that. If we stop counting, we're free from that world of expectations. We're free to start doing the things that we believe we should do. And we start, and this is the key piece here that maybe we'll pick up again tomorrow. We start to learn how to draw enjoyment from the act itself and not from react the reaction. And this goes back to the concepts we spoke earlier about autotelic behavior. Remember, exotelic behavior is behavior that we do for an external reason, like appreciation. Autotelic behavior are things that we do for the behavior itself, like a hobby. How do you do more autotelic behaviors? Well, the way you do it is you start to engage in behaviors and stop expecting things to come for that behavior. When we can start to look out on the world and ask ourselves, maybe once in a while, maybe for one person, maybe a little bit, let me see if I can start to be a giver and give somebody something and not, not need a, a response. Just learn how to train myself to be happy in the process of giving. We take our giving and we make it autotelic and we start to train ourselves and how to derive joy in the act of giving itself. 
so that when we go through our lives and we give, it actually feels amazing, regardless of what people's ex- what people give us back in return. And if we don't get it back, it doesn't throw us. And if we do get it back, it's like, forget about it. It's like the chocolate cake and the cherry on top. Both full of sugar and carbs. That's the play. That's what we're striving for. And that's going to give us more joy, not less. That's going to give us better relationships, not worse. That's going to make us bigger people. All right, we'll continue this with God's help. All right, everybody, try this today if you can. Give something small to somebody and do not need any any response. Just give to give. Make it small so it doesn't, make it, doesn't throw us off. All right, thanks for being here. Have an amazing day. And with God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow.